With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Bleeding Blue. This is a New York Football Giants history podcast history show. And with me, as always, is one of my best and most beautiful friends. He has such beautiful, bright blue eyes. And also he has orange hair. Jason Garrett lookalike, my friend Nikki Snacks. Uh, what we're doing today is we are going to be talking about a couple different things. We are going to be talking about your thoughts on the NFL draft. Now, we've been going pretty strong. I think for like 16, 17 weeks now, we've been going pretty strong. Everything has been Giants history. Uh, I ask you a couple times a year, what are your thoughts on the current Giants? I asked you after we signed Kenny Galladay. We'll talk about the draft, and then we'll talk about George Young getting to the Hall of Fame. And then you went to LBG's tailgate party, which wasn't just about the Giants today, but you met a bunch of former Giants, and then that's our Giants history. So, Snacks, how are you doing? Well, I was doing really good. That intro you gave me was so nice and eloquent. And then you just dropped the Jason Garrett lookalike line, which you know I hate. So you did it on purpose. And now I'm not doing well at all. So uh, I really appreciate you for ruining my night. I've um, got a big game tonight, 9 o'clock, and you just are trying to throw me off my uh, throw my psyche off. And I just, as a friend, I, I really don't appreciate it. So other than that, I'm doing great, really great. Thanks for asking. I feel like that thanks for asking wasn't genuine. It wasn't. No. It was supposed to be rude and dismissive. I felt that. Good. Um, the Knicks are back, so yes, congratulations. I asked do I asked the question today, how long do the Knicks have to be back for them to no longer be back? And I think that's the first time you ever thought about that. And <laughs> like the answer to that question. Um, because I will I will say it's it's fun saying the Knicks are back, but we are getting to a point where Okay, it's like you're no longer back. It's just good. It's <laughs> just good. Um, so would you, what's what's your answer to that question? Uh, so, yeah, you answered that this morning. I think that was the first topic. No, I didn't answer it. Uh, I, I asked just, it. Asked I just it. asked Sorry. it. Asked it. Uh, I think that was the first topic of conversation I opened my eyes to this morning, and I waited like two and a half hours to answer because I don't really know the answer to that question. Um, it's like a, you ever see The Dark Knight? I've seen The Dark Knight. I'm surprised jo- you have. Joker. Oops, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the only movie I've ever seen. Yeah. The Joker says, uh, I'm like a dog chasing cars. I don't know what I'm ever going to do if I ever caught one. Ah! <sighs> Hi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I, oh, that was good. That was good. And that's a very good analogy, too, by the way. Um, I, I really, I don't, I don't know. Um, so that's just... I don't have an answer for you. The Knicks I think are back. You just, and... I think you just spontaneously combust if they even win one playoff game, let alone a series. 
Oh my God. If they win a series, well, listen, done. listen, I have championship on my mind. I think they should be the odds on favorite to win the championship. And right now, if you put a hundred dollars on them to win, you'd win, I believe it's $10,000. So um, do it. Yeah. Maybe I will do it. Maybe it's a thousand dollars. I don't know. Whatever. Either way, it's a really good question. And one day I'll have an answer for you. So this is going to be a really chill episode. You know, obviously yes. we're not we're not on our uh, regularly scheduled day of Monday because we really want all of Talking Giants' draft content to really shine. Bobby's been killing it with the film breakdowns. Um, you know, the, it's kind of a it's a bad thing for content because everybody likes more content. Bad thing for content um, that we only signed like three undrafted free agents so far, but good in terms of that there's just not a lot to do. So we're gonna we're gonna continue to space out all of this draft content. We don't really need to to cram it into to one spot. So Bobby's killing it with the film breakdowns. Uh, the podcast is going really well. So we pushed Bleeding Blue to Tuesday this week. I think we'll be back on Monday next week. So Monday, 6 p.m. YouTube will be will be the premiere and everything like that. So this is going to be a very chill episode. Very, very chill episode. You know, we already spent three minutes talking about the the Knickerbockers as uh, Steve Summers. We should, we, should have spent, we should have spent more. And just for the record, for everybody watching and listening, uh, we had discussions to skip this week because Justin worked Never. like a dog all weekend with the draft and can't and everything. And we came to the conclusion that we can't do that. No. We will never skip um, when when I am six feet in the ground, dead, uh, probably by a torturous death. However, it is uh, we're still going to record Bleeding Blue every week. Somehow, right. some way we'll figure it out. I'm sure science and technology will allow me to um, to record from uh, from my my graveyard and um and we're going to be set. So we will never miss a week and we love you all too much. So even when you have black hair, I'm never going to have black hair, never going to have black hair. No. Uh, so something that speaking of things that will never happen, um, I'm sure you never thought in a thousand years that the Giants would have a good draft class and that you would be happy with it. Now, uh, before I ask you what your thoughts are on this Giants draft class next, um, Note that if you're listening for the first time, for whatever reason, this will be a weird week to listen to the first time. Um, I, I hope you're not listening for this, to this for the first time. Listen, go back to the LPG interview and listen to that for the first time or just listen next week. But enjoy this. Don't judge us based on this episode. So you are notoriously known for being a negative Giants fan. I mean, just look at your Zoom name right now. Snacks, all NYG picks or bust. So you're notoriously known for being a negative Giants fan. So um Tell me your thoughts on this draft class, and I think you're going to be excited or you're just going to be an asshole and just say, I hate it, even though I know you like it. Yeah, so I could continue with my uh, with my methodology of just hating everything this team does because I've been so miserable with them like the last nine years. Um, and I try to find the negative in everything that they do, uh, whatever it is, I try and find the negative in it um, because I'm, I'm a miserable fuck, and I apologize for that. Uh, but... As you know, nobody cares about this team as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't mean it like that. I care about them very much. I know everybody does. I literally, they're the number one priority in my life. But I can't find anything to hate on. Three. What are the three? What are the three priorities in your life? Giants, family, breathing. There you go. All right, in continue. that exact order. In that exact order. Um, but I can't find anything to hate on with this. Uh, I, you know, I've told you I wanted Smith or Waddle at eleven, um, but clearly Philly jumped us and. Uh, the best thing that we did, maybe the best thing this team has done in a long, long time. Uh, well, they hired Joe Judge, but besides that, the best thing that they have done in a very long time was trade back nine spots to pick 20, picked up a first next year, picked up a fourth next year, uh, a fifth in this past draft that we used, which was fi- I was fine with that because 
they they got a guy in Aaron Robinson that they really liked and they used the capital that they got from the Bears and they went and got their guy. So um Kadarius Tony, I he was not on my radar. I know, you know, I knew who he was. I knew he was a, just an electric football player, but um after listening to you guys and watching the film breakdowns and and everything like that, I I love it even more. This this team, I was bet why I wanted Smith or Waddles because I really wanted like a, a playmaker, a playmaker, playmaker, like speed and, um, you know, yards after the catch and everything. Like Kenny's amazing, but he's that big bodied possession receiver. That's not going to take a slant to the house. Um, you know, obviously Saquon's a, a game breaker, but Shepard, not really. Um, Slayton, we saw a lot of in- inconsistencies last year. Um, so getting a playmaker like a Smith or Waddle who I wanted was my, was my plan. And Tony fits that bill. Exactly. And you were able to pick up a first round pick and and more draft capital in apparently what is being called a much deeper class where uh, NFL teams are going to have more access to players, hopefully when the world opens up a little bit, um, as opposed to what they had this year. I'm sure there'll be a combine and everything. Um, So just from that standpoint, I, I absolutely loved it. And then and then the sick bastards that they are throw another curve at us and trade back in the second round. What? And they drafted a guy trading back. I think it was eight spots from 42 to 50, if I yeah. remember yep. correctly. Yeah. So they traded back with the Dolphins and got a guy that a lot of people mocked to them at 11. Yeah. So they got a guy that uh, Aziz Ojulari. Yeah. Good job. Boom. Got it right. So Aziz Ojulari, they clearly liked him a lot. Maybe um, from what we heard that the medicals kind of scared teams off a little bit, but that's a first round talent. Yeah. And maybe you could argue offensive line, but edge rusher was a, a desperate need for us. And they got a guy who I think can step in right away and, and be that. And just seems like a perfect fit for, for Patrick Graham's system that he wants to run. So I think that was my favorite pick of the whole draft. And we got, we got an extra third next year. So <laughs> When have the New York Giants had 10 picks in a draft? They're they're loaded next in next year's draft. And from a Chicago standpoint, look, go look at their schedule if you guys haven't already. That is a very tough schedule with Andy Dalton as your quarterback or a rookie quarterback. That is a very difficult. There's a chance that could be a top 10 pick. Now, of course, there could be a chance that's the 19th or 20th pick, but it doesn't matter. That draft capital is huge. So from the trade aspect, I completely love it. And the top three picks. Um, you know, we spoke a little bit about Aaron Robinson, who we were on the live stream when we drafted him and we did not know much about him, honestly, because you guys hadn't really uh, you hadn't studied him. And, you know, I'm clueless, so I had no idea. Uh, but everything that everything that I, I read and and see, they they rave about the pick and he's, he's yeah. a physical player that that, you know, is going to give Donnie Holmes competition. And we were saying it uh, Friday night competition brings out the best in everybody. So. Um, they they didn't touch the offensive line, which I had a lot of fans upset, but I didn't care. I, I'd rather them not reach on a player if they yeah, don't yeah, think cause, cause the here's value the thing, is there. Here's the thing with the offensive line, you know, especially when you look at the spots in which the Giants were picking, you know, with the Z's, with the guy like Aziz on the board. And there was still even some other, you know, there was even some other pass rushers in round four that were just, you know, when they picked Ellerson Smith. There were always there were always just players that were on the board that were just more exciting than offensive linemen and then interior offensive linemen. Now, though, I I was I would be very okay with Aaron Banks. I would have been very okay with even taking a chance on Landon Dickerson. The Giants clearly weren't okay with taking a chance on him. Like I find those players to be exciting. This isn't me just being like anti-offensive line. It's saying that those aren't exciting players. 
but just the rest of those guys, you know, even Ben, Ben Cleveland's like a nasty guy who, who would have been an exciting pick, but still relative to who we actually did pick. And, you know, this, so fan, you know, fan podcasts, you know, we're rating, I'm kind of rating things on how exciting they are, but really, I mean, that's, that's how I would describe this draft class. It's, it's exciting because they got exciting players. They got athletic players with high upside. And also these players are acknowledging the needs of the team, maybe not necessarily positions, but the areas in which they, they lack last year. So we talked all about that on talking events, but I wanted to get your thoughts next. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate it. And the thing I appreciate the most about the draft itself was uh, the process of it. Um, you see teams, like the Colts who built this terrific roster just by trading back all the time, getting more picks, yeah. getting more dart throws. That's what a lot of fans have clamored for them to do in the past years, especially in Gettleman's uh, tenure. But there is not a bad thing I could say at all. So I've ripped Dave Gettleman for three years now, but I will give him the utmost credit. I know everybody says it's Joe Judge, and I probably say that too, but – the general manager has to be involved somehow too. And um, so Dave gets a lot, gets my hat tip. I appreciate what he did. Um, appreciate what the whole brass did. The process of the draft is what really excites me and the forward thinking and the foresight, knowing what they could possibly do with those picks next year or, and listen, I hate to bring it up. I hate to bring it up, but I'm going to do it. If Daniel Jones doesn't work out this year, yeah, yeah. they have all the ammo next year. So um, I hope that's not the case because I would love Daniel to be the guy and bring in two, two quality players in the first round and getting another one in the second and then adding some depth in the third. That's the most ideal situation in the world. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts. I'm usually the, the most miserable bastard in the world when it comes to this team, but I have not a bad word to say at all. I couldn't be more happier w- than what the Giants did. I cannot wait for next year for you and I to absolutely, and, and Bob is going to be a part of this too, because you know how he likes to put out the, uh, the 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 tweets every Sunday about get you know getting flagged from PETA about shooting animals, but I cannot wait to just eviscerate the Chicago Bears every single Sunday of this year. Even when we don't play them, even no. when we don't play them, like it every is just, week, it is just gonna. If there's gonna be, if even if the Giants suck this year, if there's going to be one rallying point of this of this fan base, it is going to be to root against the Chicago Bears with every fiber of our be- of our beings yeah. every week, and I'm so excited for that. There's usually there's usually the old okay so we root for the Giants and whoever plays Washington Philly yeah. and Dallas now we root for the Giants whoever plays Washington Philly yeah. Dallas and Chicago yeah. so and I might even venture to say that if Dallas depending on the standings and what what's going on if Dallas I don't I don't remember if Dallas Philly or Washington play them there's a chance I could root for an NFC East rival to beat them yeah there's a small chance depending on you know like I said the standings the time of the year and our record and everything. Um, so it, that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Next I also, I also, I also, oh. I'm sorry, real Ooh. quick. Ooh. I real quick. I also think that, um, Justin Fields is going to be a good, good player. So good trade for Chicago. Hope Andy Dalton starts 14 games this year. And oh, then they did. Justin, and Justin, then they did. I, they, am, <laughs> I am kidding. You think I give a fuck what Justin Fields is going to be. I'm trying to get some good karma here. Oh, you trying to be positive to promote bad energy right correct now you get you listen i play chess when everybody plays checkers that is true that is true good for you all right so next piece of news we're going to talk about this briefly because um this is i definitely want to talk about this more over the summer when we get into a book um called no minnows for trying by jerry eisenberg um we're going to get into that book this summer so that's all this summer is going to be all like 80s 90s giants um and this guy who 
pretty much put together the 80s and the 90s Giants. Uh, George Young was inducted into the Hall of Fame this past weekend. It kind of like right after the draft ended, you know, the Giants just put out the video. Um, so well, good, it was a for forgotten it. thing. He was he was yeah. a part of last year's class and then finally got the induction this year. Yeah, because um, of the Corolla. Right, correct. And uh, a long overdue induction into the Hall of Fame, if yep. you ask me and, and many others. Yeah, so he was a Giants uh, GM from 1979 to 1994. I mean, how many consecutive losing seasons that the Giants had before 1979? And I and I think that I, I always have this this belief, and I think I, I heard it on maybe like the K show, something like that. You know, when they were talking about the 76ers, and this was years ago, years ago, when remember the NBA forced like a GM on the 76ers because they just kept on tanking and they're like, you're, you're so incompetent and you're clearly intentionally losing Sam Hinkie, on purpose. I thought was the, I think was the general manager they got rid of because he was literally purposely tanking every single yeah. year. So I think the NBA as like uh, the, as a, as an organization, not as, as a business or as a commissioner's office, like they gave them somebody competent. Um, and I think he actually did some pretty good things. So I have this, this kind of belief, and I don't know if it's actually verified. It's something that I just heard or I have in my brain or I heard it incorrectly that George Young was kind of forced upon the Giants to come in here and, like, just turn around this dumpster fire of a franchise that, you know, relocated from New York to New Jersey. Um, there was a whole identity crisis of, or they were, you know, or they, the, the Meadowlands Giants, the New Jersey Giants, stuff like that. So, and a lot of losing beforehand. Yeah, yeah. So that's why that's why I I've, I heard, and it wouldn't shock me if this is actually true. So please let me know if I'm wrong. That the giant that George Young was forced upon the Giants, and I would say that's probably one of the um the best. It was the best thing to ever happen to them. Is without that, who knows where you know we probably are a dumpster fire of, of an organization like the Lions are that haven't won shit. Um, probably their, it was a history. it was it was a franchise altering move that um i i've heard that story a million times so we've might have even brought it up on one of our well i have days. but i don't know i i still don't know if it's never true. like confirm it yeah yeah ah, well i'm gonna go with it and yeah. then i'll thank the nfl um because he that like i said franchise altering um general manager hire that i mean who who did he draft he dreaded, dreaded the greatest football player ever um, I, I I have it right in front of me. Why don't, um, why, don't, so why don't we read those names? George Young drafted the top three rushers in Giants history. Um, one that shall go nameless: Rodney Hampton and Joe Morris, the most productive receiver in franchise history, and Monty Toomer. And the player ranked one. Th- and the players ranked one through three in career sacks: Michael Strahan, Lawrence Taylor, and Leonard Marshall. Three other members of the Ring of Honor were drafted by George Young as well. Tight end Mark Bavaro, linebackers Carl Banks, and and Jesse Armstead as well. And a lot of the guys that we talked about. You know, during our like unsung heroes of best value draft picks of all time, you know, Jesse Armstead is included in that. Um, they were drafted by George Young, and George Young even had a great track record of drafting some interior offensive linemen, um, and even some secondary players as well. So he promoted Parcells, um, after their after the initial coach, uh, I forget his name, he left and he went to Alabama. Um, he drafted Phil Sims in his first year and LT two years later. I mean, talk about just. You know, Bing bang boom hitting on your first round picks and your and you know in your first couple of years here that set you up for future success um and then i just named the players that he drafted so george young hall of famer um congratulations i think he was inducted to the ring of honor giants ring of honor 2010 when they first unveiled oh, the ring of honor he was part of that he was part of that ceremony um he died i want to say in 2001 so he wasn't a part of that ceremony and obviously he wasn't part of this um but awesome 
George yep. Young. We're going to talk congratulations, about George Young. Thank you for your service with the New York Giants and congrats to your family who I hope uh, were able to enjoy your long deserved Hall of Fame enshrinement. Chris Rose, fun fact. Um, Chris Rose, who is a John Boy Media employee, um, all clean shaven up. He, he was like, this. I clicked the video and he was like the first face I see. I'm like, oh, look at that. I know that guy. That's a coworker. I, I know you, but you don't know me. <laughs> Chris Rose, just off talking, I love that podcast he has. Um, the Rose Rotation? Yeah. You listen? Every once in a while, yeah. Why should I not? No, I'm, well, I'm going to be honest. You don't. I have never listened. It depends. It depends on who's who's on there with him. But I've always been a big Chris Chris Rose fan when he was yeah. doing the best. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to love. I used to love this. Show. I think it was the best goddamn sports show period. Mm-hmm. Um, with like Tom Arnold and uh, David uh, was Sally. I forget his name. I uh, whatever. Either way, uh, really cool stuff. So, um, George Young. Snacks, you went to license plate guys uh, tailgate party um, for I draft did. night, and so tell us about that experience, and then ultimately this is going to lead to some fun Giants history stories. So take take it away. I'm going to get my popcorn ready. Yeah. Um. So we were scared shitless all week because Thursday was supposed to Thursday draft night. Obviously, was supposed to just rain all day and night, um, and that would have put a real damper on on the party. But somehow. For the first time in my life, God looked down on me and did not let Mother Nature ruin the night. I uh, drizzled for maybe like 20 minutes when we were out in the, in the tailgate. Um, and yeah, we were like, we, we tailgated like we were going into a giant game. But uh, yeah, it was at a, I forget which minor league baseball stadium um, it was at. But it was really cool. It's very cool atmosphere. And uh, there was, like I said, a bunch of older players. Not, I don't want to call them old, but a bunch of former players. Um, Kerry Wynn. Good friend of mine. Uh, mm. True story. Do you want to uh, describe we, how he's a good friend of yours? Yes. So when I was working, I was working an event once. Um, I think it was 2018, I want to say. And he was there. And we just started shooting the shit. Um, I told him about my ridiculous fandom for the team he plays on. And everything like that. We followed each other on Instagram. Then um, he gave me his number. And we just communicate back and forth. Very nice guy. He stopped by the tailgate early before we went in. Um, he had a Bud Light with us. You know, it was very. So did very... he? Did he recognize you? Like when you like, hey, it's it's hey Nick, it's you. He came right up to me. Yeah, my back was turned, so I told him where we were, and in the parking lot, he, he like massive hands put him on my shoulders. Oh yeah. I was like, oh, and I'm looking up because he's a tall son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, what's up, man? Give me a big hug. Um, so that was definitely cool. And then we when we go in. When we go in, uh, we went like right to the, there was like this table of um, like memorabilia and stuff that, that Joe and uh, that LPG and everybody were selling, had some of his old jerseys and stuff. Very cool. We entered for the raffle to go to the Dallas game this year. There's a couple of very cool raffles, um, some signed stuff and a uh, trip to Dallas to see the Giants Cowboys was one of them. So I spent $60 on that only to lose. Uh, but while I'm, I'm filling all this stuff out, LPG comes up behind me, gives me a big hug. He's like, thank you for coming. I was like, yeah, I wouldn't miss it. Um, you know, introducing my brother and everything. He was very grateful. And then he's like, all right, stay here. This is the hot spot. I'm going to bring over all the players. You meet them, whatnot. Um, so we, we first met, uh, first quickly met Jay Bromley. Um, but he had I loved fall. him. Yeah, I like Jay Bromley too. And uh, D-Tackle out of Syracuse, I believe. Yeah. And, um, 
did, he was, did some did some bad stuff off the field, but yes, I I, I loved him again. D, defensive tackle university. This 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 franchises. That's that's the best drafting defensive tackle organization in the league. Yeah. Uh, but he was cool. It was a quick conversation. He had a phone call. Um, you know, he was just saying saying nice stuff. And then we met uh met David Wilson, who mm-hmm. if if you guys remember was the running back we picked, I believe, after our second Super Bowl, twenty twelve first round pick, twelve. Yes. Um great athlete could do backflips really cool uh you know obviously career cut short by neck injury but he was really nice um kind of went over well we i asked him about the the saints game at metlife all his return yards and everything he's like uh it's like yeah i mean i i, I could have done that my whole career but you know injuries in the neck they, they didn't give in um but he was he was a very nice guy he remembered my brother who uh I mean, it's kind of hard to forget little gingers like this, but um, yeah. so he met, he remembered my brother who I think it was his rookie year. David Wilson went to MetLife, tweeted out, um, tweeted out a picture of like a hundred pair of sneakers that he's just getting rid of. And my brother, it was a sneaker buff, drove 15 minutes to MetLife, met David Wilson, got him signed. Um, and he remembered that. So they he, had, he, he remembered that he remembered that. Yeah. Pretty wild. That's what, that was the coolest, the coolest David Wilson uh, little tidbit i have from that and um so they shot the shit a lot uh jonathan casillas was like the nicest guy in the world um i mean good linebacker for us and he just took the time and was very very respectful and nice and he goes god damn you guys are some sick bastard fans uh we all we all had a we all had a laugh uh he was talking about how the giants were um and he i believe he played in new england so um he was talking about how much like the giants were just his favorite team to play for. He said, and I asked about coach Kaufman. I was like, so I need to know like what it's fine. I only asked him, um, but I was like, what was it like playing for him? And he's just like, it's like from, from the outside and on TV where you see him screaming like an animal and being nasty in, in, in the reporter's face or anything like that. It's like, he's the most lovable, approachable man you would ever meet. And he said, he learned more from Kaufman than he did any coach. And like I said, I think I'm almost positive he played for the Patriots too. So that's, that's some high, I, I, I can you look that up? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Looking at uh, I'm, I may, it may be somebody different that I'm thinking of. Um, I obviously I didn't bring that up to him, but that's high praise for, for coach Coughlin. Um, and he was a very, very nice guy. So, and then we met, we met your boy Orleans Darkwa and uh, Darkwa probably provided the funniest moment of the night for me. Um, some we're talking to him. Did you did you see Casillas? Did he? Did he? Play yeah. So he I mean, I I can imagine he has a little bit of a sour taste in his mouth from New England because in 2014 he was I think he was traded away from New England to the Tampa Bay Bucks in 2014. He, so he played eight games. Um, he was having a solid season. He was had he had 30 tackles. Um, but yeah, I can imagine uh, New England left a little bit of a sour taste in his so mouth because right. so they traded him away. Maybe that's why he talks so highly of Coughlin and the Giants. Yeah. But Orleans Darkwell probably provided the funniest um, experience of the night. And we were telling him, we were like, you know, we didn't like the Saquon pick. We loved you. <laughs> like, you're our favorite 26. Um, and he was a little, he was pretty salty about it, by the way. He As was, he should. He, As he fucking should. He was he was very salty, and uh, some guy who's probably my age, maybe a little younger, some guy came up to him wearing a Saquon jersey and asked if he could sign it. What a fool! And Darkwell goes, "Well, can you just turn around real quick?" 
The guy turns around, sees the Barkley, goes, I'm going to pass on that, man. But also, that's, like, so it, that's hilarious. It, it's it absolutely hilarious. hilarious. Now, do you get mad at the person? I think we asked this question. This is this is what I was exactly going to ask. Yes, yes. and I know what you're going to ask. So if you want to ask it, you could ask it. You know, what? What? Who? who's more of the bad guy in this situation? And what? who is this more of a reflection on? Is it a reflection that Roland Stark was salty, which he should? Mm-hmm. Or is this a reflection on, like, dude, you're a little, you're being a little tone deaf right now. Right. You're literally wearing the replacement of the player that you're asking to sign his jersey. Who had the same number. Who had the same number <laughs> and not even his name on the back of the jersey. Like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. What are you doing? I think that's I think that's more of a reflection on that guy than all of a doubt. I'm all on that. I blame that guy 100 percent That is just like how stupid can you be? Tone deaf is the right word. Tone deaf. Um, and that's when we got into like talking about how upset we were when he left and um, you know, we wanted to trade back. We want a quarterback. We want, yeah, we were talking I have about a story. The- I have a story. Oh, please lay it on me. I have a story when, um, so I don't know if I, I probably told this on bleeding blue when it, like when it happened. Um, but when I met Marcus golden, I, <laughs> I was, I went up to him and I started talking about like, dude, you know, uh, when, when you put your hand to the ground, when James Betcher left, your production went down, but you know, you're back with James Betcher. And when you were with James Betcher in Arizona, you were standing up, you know, your, your pressures you know, and your advanced stats, they were awesome. So I know you're going to turn around this year. So I started talking about like all these advanced stats and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if I, if I, not if I ever, when I meet Orleans Darkwa, I am going to talk him. I'm going to talk his ear off about his NFL next gen stats in 2017. How he was the most efficient running back in the national football league in terms of their efficiency metric. I'm going to mention how he spent the least amount of time behind the line of scrimmage in the NFL. I'm going to mention how that offensive line was God awful. And he took what was in front of him. And he, it was, it was, it was not fair. I mean, I don't even care. Like, yeah, the Giants drafted Saquon. So clearly, you know, Orleans Stark got robbed right now, you know, but the, the fact that he got hurt and he never got another shot after that, that's the thing that's fucked up. Yeah. Um, that's so I, I'm going to if when I meet him, I am going to nerd out and I'm just going to stats. And this is why you're awesome. And good, I don't know if he's going to be like, I don't know if he's going to be like, OK, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not in the league anymore. Or, um, or or he could say, well, where were you to tell that to Dave Gellman and John Mara before the 2018 draft? I, I was uh, I was just uh my first podcast, my first live streaming uh, media type of whatever experience What's was me draft? going live on Facebook for the 2018 draft and slamming my head against the microphone after the Giants drafted Saquon. That was my first ever uh, picking up a microphone experience. I do love that um, video. Yeah. You should probably clip it if you could. No, I don't want to put it in. All right. I, lo- I, lo- I-, I love Saquon. I'm glad he's on the team. It pumped for him this year. Um, but you know, at the time, that's how I felt. And I'm sure, you know, I didn't, I didn't scream and curse and hoot and holler. And it's like, fuck, fuck Daniel Jones. After he was drafted, there's, there's audio evidence of me, um, saying that, Hey, the giants got their guy and they should give him a chance after David Powis and I recorded that podcast, um, it, at St. Joseph's university in the business school, we were sitting right next to each other in like the snack room, hmm. um, so yeah, that, that's that's bizarre. So if so, you hate if you hate me for reacting that way to the Saquon, um, go listen to my reaction to Daniel Jones because yeah, mine. you got a lot. You, you're much more rational in that one. Um, yeah. Well, any other this, any other stories? Well, Man- Manningham, uh, Manningham was really cool. Yes, um, Manningham was very cool. Uh, 
that was the one we were all kind of like, holy shit, just shut the fuck up and listen, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and he was just talking about, he's like, with the catch. And obviously we, we talked about the Super Bowl catch. And it's like, I blacked out. It's like, I had no idea. It's like, I knew it was a catch, but I had no idea what was going on. I'm like, what do you mean? Black guy he goes, he's, he's saying like, I don't think you understand what it's like playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I was like, I, you're right. No. I don't. <laughs> I, I know what it's like to watch him. Um, he goes, he's like, it was the most surreal thing in the world. He goes, he, he's like, he saw, Bel- he got up and he saw Belichick was standing right there. He goes, he's going to challenge it and he's going to lose. And he's like, I knew right then and there, I caught the ball and we were going to win the game. And I was like, I, it's just amazing. Like the, the blackout of it. And, I asked like what, what Eli was like. And he goes, I said, he's never played with a more calm, cool, collected player in his life. He said when he was in that huddle for the final drive in Super Bowl 46, he was like, you would have thought it was the first preseason game of the year. That's how calm he was. He was like, he was just, he was like, he literally wasn't bringing up. Okay. We need this. We need that. Do this. Do nothing. He's like, let's just, we'll run, we're going to run the plays. I'll put the ball wherever it needs to be. And we're going to, we're going to go win. And I'm like, that sounds easy E is what mm-hmm. they, they call them. I yep. guess that's why. Um, it wasn't the longest interaction with Manningham because, you know, he was obviously the, one of the big stars there. And uh, a lot of people were coming in and out. Um, but it was really cool just to be able to hear from a Super Bowl hero and kind of talking about that play and what it was like to be in that huddle and everything. Um but for the actual pick, so that was really our interaction with the players. We didn't get to meet Darnay Holmes, which was a little upsetting. Um, but that was the true star, and he was really in one spot, and people were going up to him. Um, I don't know if Hakeem Nix was there. He was advertised, didn't see him. Um, but the pick itself was pretty cool because there was a lot of angry people. Everybody was really angry when Philly jumped Dallas because everybody knew. Everybody that was there knew that they were taking Devontae Smith, and mm-hmm. we were not going to get him. Um so a little shortly after that, my brother goes, holy, holy shit. I'm like, what, aunt? What? Because I'm, I'm, I'm pissed at this point. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the Giants traded the pick. I was like, for what? And he's, he's like, hold on, hold on. And I got in his face. I'm like, for what? And I'm, screaming. Neck, I'm like, right? what? I grabbed his I was I, like, literally, I grabbed him. I'm like, for what? Tell me, what did we get? And he's like, we got a first next year. We got the 20th pick. We got a fourth next year and a fifth this year. And I was like, what? Show me. So he showed me and I was ecstatic. And you know, what was great. Everybody was pumped too. They knew how awesome of a trade that was for the giants right in the moment. Yeah. You know, you got a lot of fans that I'm not calling anybody stupid, but may not realize the importance of, of, of a trade of that magnitude. Well, well here's something. Like, a big. lot of people wanted either Slater or they wanted Parsons. Like there were, there were so many people, so many people that were on like Parsons, no matter what Parsons, no matter what. And there, there wasn't like, there wasn't any, you know, Jalen Waddle, no matter what, there wasn't any Devonta Smith, no matter what, a lot of people that wanted Waddle or Smith, they were fine with either or, and even like people that were with Slater, it's like, yeah, you know, they want to help the offense line, but I don't think people were that like, we have to get Rashawn Slater, but pe- the people that wanted Parsons wanted Parsons, wanted Parsons yeah. and they, yeah, and pe- some people were not happy yeah. with trading back because they felt like Parsons is that generational defensive player, which I don't blame them, but you know, it's, it's, um, I, I, I listen, it's just I not would, what we, it's in my, in my, and frankly, in my opinion, I would be happy with Parsons, but also, you know, I'm speaking with hindsight. It's not what we need right now. It's just no, not, no, so. he's definitely, he's definitely gonna be a good ball player. I mean, I hope no offense. I hope he sucks. 
Uh, oh, I hope on, he stinks too. Now. I hope is that. I hope he has a shitty. I mean, hey, you have a he had a, he has attitude problems. Hope he has a shitty attitude. Dallas is perfect for him. I hope he fails. Dallas is perfect for him. He'll probably be in jail in three years. Um, anyway, uh, but I, I yeah, I can understand like like the Eagles jump the Giants and get Smith, and then Dallas takes Parsons at twelve. So it's like sandwiched in the middle of the two guys yeah. that a lot of people wanted. Um, and then when we picked Tony, it was kind of like a. I'm like a dull silence. There were a couple hoot and hollers because I think one, yeah. was, one was wearing a Florida hat. Um, but nobody really knew like much about him. And then this is showing... what happens when you pick 20. This right. is this is what this is, is what this is is that whoa. This is what is going to happen when the Giants have the 32nd pick next year. Now, obviously, everybody's gonna know the first pick in the draft, right? Because the Bears are gonna have the first pick in the NFL draft, and then we're gonna take that pick, right? But this is what's going to happen. We need to get prepared for when we pick 32 that the majority of the fan base isn't going to know who that player is. But we're going to love him and we're going to have to welcome him. You are so stupid. Um, but but anyway, I'm so correct. No, you're not. The Giants I, have a better chance of seeing God than winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> but but when they showed like the highlights of him and everybody's watching, you you could hear the, oh, oh. Mm. Ooh, yeah, Ooh. like he's, he's like, look at this shifty little. What do they call him? Joystick. The hu- the human um, joystick. The human yes. joystick. And, and people were like, oh, holy shit! Okay, we got a baller. Um. So yeah, it was a it was truly a great experience, a great event. LPG really he does an unbelievable job with those kind of charity events. Yeah, he and he, he, is he such goes a, um he, he goes, goes all, bigger he goes home. Yeah, and he is such a personal guy. He went up to everybody. He thanked them for coming. Uh, he made sure everybody was okay having a good time and uh we had i don't i don't know where my brother got it from but he came back with uh, a little pie of margarita pizza and it was phenomenal one of the better pizzas i had it was so damn good but all in all a great event a great draft for the giants um and hell of a weekend really Great draft, great weekend, and uh, I'd say that's a good episode for Bleeding Blue. Yeah, for for what it was, you know, we kind of just threw it together. So, uh, you know, there's not much, I guess, not much uh, girth, so to say. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm clipping that Manningham story and I'm putting it on socials. Ah, so, uh oh, that's exactly that's ex- my- that's exactly what I uh, what I thought of when you were talking. How did my hair look? Your hair looks pretty, pretty good. good today. Yeah, well. Yeah, whatever. Um, it's kind of all flowing, uh, flowing to one side. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know. I always try and look good for our bleeding blue audience. But yeah, that was a fun show. Um, I did most of the talking, so I apologize. No, but I always appreciate when you let me voice my opinions on the current Giants because I, I talk too that. much. No, I talk way too much. No. Just in, no, in, in general. No. No. Um. What do we do? We don't even. We don't even know what we're. Oh, here's what we're doing. We're gonna get back into coffin book next. Yeah, week. yeah, yeah. I thought that was the plan. Coffin yeah, book, we're gonna get back into coffin book. Um. Yeah, maybe the next two weeks. Um. Because usually what we do is we do two weeks on with the book, and then two weeks, maybe one. You know, one or two weeks off. Um. You know, we'll get some. We'll get. An, I think we have. We have some ideas of some potential interviews we can do. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of when we explore them and how we explore them and when we want to get them done. Um. All right, so we will see you next week. We'll be back on Monday, 6 p.m. on the Talking Giants YouTube channel. The next week, if you're a podcast listener, we'll be back Monday at 5 p.m. So keep on bleeding blue. Peace. See you. Thanks for listening. We love you all. And snacks. Fuck Tiki Bar.